On this episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, brought to you by Recluse, we have Kelly Anson coming in, and he's from Trail Tech. So he answers some Trail Tech-related questions, specifically to their digital gauges and the Voyager. And maybe we hint about some of the improvements that are coming to that. We get into the usual subject, our mutual love of the Husaberg 570. We talk a lot about the sponsors that we have in our digital magazine that are helping us put this all together and the usual questions from the peanut gallery. Recluse is a big part of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, and I've been using Recluse for quite a long time. In fact, on my Husaberg 570, I have one of the original Z-Start Pros, which are a little complicated and used ball bearings to tune them and stuff. Now the new EXP is pretty simple to drop right in. The instructions that come with it are complete. And I just looked at one, inspected one, that has over 450 hours on it in one of my KTM 500s, and the clutch looked literally brand new. Well, not brand new, definitely better than most clutches you've seen that have 500 hours on them. The reason they last so long, it's simple. They don't let your clutch slip when it shouldn't be slipping. And a lot of riders don't realize it, but they're always slipping their clutch. They don't trust the torque of the bike and they don't let the clutch engage and they spin it a little extra. And that's what causes wear, even in normal circumstances. So I've been using Recluse for a long time. I think you should give Recluse a try and thank them for supporting this show. Live from Pahrump, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the dirt bike and motorcycle product-related show where we t- talk about Husabergs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to start out hot, come in hot with that one. And tonight we have a special guest host, uh, Kelly Anson from Trail Tech. Hello. And you're, um, uh, we're going to get into your job because I think you have a pretty pretty good job. Uh, and we're going to get into, uh, we have a Trail Tech Voyager question. And we can answer questions that come up in the in the chat room. Uh, we have Australia in the house. We have Vancouver Island in the house, and uh, we're we went we took a week off last week. I took, went on vacation and didn't do a show, so I think we're going to lose like you know. Don't you lose like ninety percent of your viewers when you skip a regular thing on social media or something? Well, how many did you have to begin with? Like. Like three. Well, 90%, no. then we'd have no one. No. Yeah. <laughs> I so, think that's how the math works on that. You think so? Yeah, okay, you're going to have to bring that mic. 90% of yeah, three. Yeah, bring that mic in just a little bit, get it a little bit All closer. Right. Yeah. Okay, give me the 90%. So three of 90, we're down to one viewer? Well, a, there he is right there. Mojave Bob a, a in the house. A partial viewer. We need a, like a amputee? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no we, got, we got a full a full viewer house, viewership. Um, okay, I think everything's up and running. It looks like the the mics are okay. Mine's a little hot. Oh, tune tune that down a little bit. I don't want to clip anything. There's a there's a thing a guy was explaining to me that I can do with this stuff. A and thing. Uh, yeah, you you it's like a wider bandwidth, and then that way, if it's too low, you can always bring it up, or if it clips, you can bring it down or something. A compressor. Well, there's I, I have two of these boards here. One's even a Yamaha, <laughs> so it's got to be pretty good, right? Mm, sure. Yeah. Twist some knobs. See, yeah. See what happens. My other one blew up at one point or another. So, um, hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, Baja Diaries. Uh, can you call in? Yes, Baja Diaries. You can call in. That's why I'm turning the ringer off on my phone right now. 
Uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by a lot of people, but um, it's brought to you mostly by KTM. And if you know anything about this show, you, you've watched it right before, Kelly? Drinking the orange Kool-Aid right now. Um, oh, so you know that part about it. <laughs> no, um, this show is brought to you by KTM, and this is your job right now is to read this. Start right there. I can't even see it. What, do you need glasses? Yeah. Okay, then, yeah. My my usual host, we just take it away from him. He's supposed to be hmm. memorizing it. So, You want me to read this? Yeah, right now. Powered yeah. by a district ready-to-race mentality, KTM, wait, wait, hold the world's... Hold, on, hold, on, hold on. A, a distinct. What? A distinct, not a district. Did I say district? Yeah. Third word in, That's fourth okay. word in. Good. Go ahead, keep going. See, you didn't prep me for any of this. It, it's... it's Go, well, Wait, what does KTM stand for? Um, uh, 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 it's something, Trunkenpultz and Matikhofen, but the K I keep forgetting. Hmm. Okay, back to this. KTM is the world-leading high-performance street and off-road sport motorcycle manufacturer with North American headquarters based in Meridia, California. Murrieta. Murrieta. Whatever. It's in California. It's over there. Uh, over the years, KTM has built a reputation for a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world. Fierce competitor around the world. The brand uh, remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. Here, here's a bunch of words here. Oh uh, yeah, I'll take care those of those. For? Yeah, those are those are sponsors. sponsors. Yeah, of the uh, they of the digital magazine. You're in there. You're in there someplace. I think you're in there. Um, you guys, you, you guys we have jumped a, in early. You guys have a full-page ad in the magazine. We do. I, you better be in there. Wouldn't that be good if I, the only person I left off this list would be Trail Tech? And you did. New Tech. Keep looking. Yeah. Wow. That was a good scan there. I can't Thanks, believe Thanks, man. I, I owe you one on this. Yeah. But I, I would have remembered. Oh, oh it's what, what? A free page? No. <laughs> we're not that Did good. everybody I'll, hear that? I'll is this recording? Right there. Look behind you. Right yeah, now. There look behind is. you. There you see is. that? Good no, job. Look, there's a Voyager right up there. It says Trail Tech. I got it up there. <laughs> I had it, I had it covered. Um, uh, so anyways, Kelly Anson is uh, from Trail Tech. He's going to keep me on the straight and narrow tonight. Uh, but tonight's episode is brought to you by Milagro. Uh, that's, is that what I got there? Oh, no, El Mayor. I forgot. I, Milagro was the other one. Um, yeah, that's what I'm having tonight. And... Um, if it, uh, Crafton, uh, George got me on this Crafton, craft far. How do you say this word? Uh, let me spell it out for you. K R A F T F A H R Z E U G E. Craft far. Huh? The money guy. <laughs> the money guy. Craft really? far and new. Zuj, I don't know. That's what the first letter, uh, the K stands for. But, uh, okay, on to bigger and better things. We're going to kind of hit the questions. But I do want to uh, also thank Climb, has been a longtime supporter of this show. Uh, I was wearing Climb gear. You were wearing Climb gear. Always. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, they are makers of high-performance off-road riding gear. Um, you know... You weren't supposed to see the pants I was wearing today because they're like totally prototype. I'm te I'm <laughs> testing them, but you, you shot a video and yeah. hopefully you can't see. But if, if for some reason that video just pops up someplace, don't look at the pants because they're totally prototype. They'll be blurred there's, out. There's some stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like when you see someone's face, they'll yeah. put some pixelated. Um, because I'm because uh, I can thrash things 
And so that's why they're on me any, almost any time I ride when I'm not in front of a camera. But evidently cameras just come out of nowhere, and then <laughs> that's the way things happen. So uh, – and Recluse. Um, Recluse also makes very high-performance items, in this case auto clutches. And they make left-hand rear brake things, and they make replacement torque drive clutch kits and all kinds of cool stuff. So – if you're listening to this podcast, you heard our pre-read, and you'll hear the Recluse commercial at the end. So uh, give Recluse some support. Tell them you heard about them on Dirt Bike Test, and tell them you really like the Jimmy Lewis setting. That's They, they hate it when people say that because it's like that's not the way they like to set them. So the manual clutch has an extra plate, right? It depends. For more drive? Right, because they they're plates, they actually yeah, they actually make the plates slightly thinner. Yeah, and, and then add a plate. more more of them, so there's more friction right. in there, and that's kind of been one of the things they've been doing for a long time. They started doing that because when you put that the EXP disc or you put the extra mechanism in there to make the auto clutch, they wanted to get the same level of friction. Yep. and they found by packing some more plates in there, for the most part, it turned out to be uh, an overall better better thing. So, have um, you used the manual one? Mm-hmm. Yep, in a lot of different bikes. Does it feel different? Very, very slightly, because most of the stock clutches are actually pretty good. Um, but it's funny because, like, Yamaha with their X or FX and WR, they change something compared to YZ, and I like the YZ feel better. Uh, and Honda does the same thing with RX. They kind of intermix the, the clutch plates. So... Um, I found that by putting uh, a recluse torque drive in those, I've gotten better feel, uh, especially the Honda RX uh, was a big, big change. So, yeah, I, uh, I do do like those. So um, I'm going to list off all the other companies that that uh, helped us uh, get the first digital magazine off. And it's, it's a pretty long list, although I'd like it to be a lot longer. But um, these companies uh, supported the Dirt Bike Test Digital Magazine. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And if you haven't seen it and you should have seen it, then we're not friends on Facebook. And if you ask me a question that is answered in the digital magazine from now till eternity um, and I say, oh, you didn't read it in the magazine, don't think I'm a a-hole for saying that. Because I always – I <laughs> um, there's a reason reason why I write things down now more so than ever as I get older. Oh, you have to stop doing that. Oh, I'm sorry. Click, 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 fidgeting. click, click, Yeah, click. I started hearing it in the microphone. Um, uh, I write stuff down so that I remember it or I can go find it when I forget it, which is more often than not. So when you ask me about something and, and I know that I wrote about that in some place, specifically this digital magazine, uh, the reason I wrote it down is so I don't have to repeat it. Again, <laughs> and the information is in there, and that's exactly what I would say if I had the the the. Well, it tells me like some of the bike tests are like a a fifteen minute read. If I had fifteen minutes to tell you what you're asking, then I would take it. But I don't have fifteen minutes, so you should read it. And then if you have a question about that, ask me a specific question that you know something that we left out in the test or something that was missing or whatever it was. I had someone. I had someone literally. That liked the magazine. They, they, I know that they pushed. They liked the magazine, and then specifically asked me a question about the Beta Three Hundred. And I, we're not friends anymore because I was mean. I was literally, I, I told that per. I kind of went through the thing. I'm like, well, did you read it in the magazine? They're like, well, uh, uh, and I'm like, I know you liked the magazine. You saw it. The damn Beta is on the cover. 
Was it the same beta I just it's, asked you it, about out there? Yeah, but what did I tell you? Oh, you just you, yeah. that was that was a question in passing. That because we were we were in the moment yeah. talking about that, and it, it, the the conversation drifted onto that bike. Okay. It wasn't. It so wasn't that's like, legit. That's it wasn't, okay. Yeah, it wasn't okay. like it wasn't like. Right. Hey, Jimmy. I just want to know the boundaries. This is the way it started. Hey, Jimmy, what do you think about that Beta Three Hundred? Yeah. And like, where do I start? Like, read the magazine. Yeah, uh, that's what I said. Yeah. And it's like, well, dude. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I'm like, well, I kind of played it off. I said, so you you, you saw it in the magazine, right? And it's like, uh, uh, and I'm like. Read it in the magazine, and then I then I kind of came out with it, and uh, it's like, well, you know, because I kind of baited the hook. You know, I'm like, I know you like the magazine. I, it, you're smart enough to know that that's what was on the cover, so obviously that's inside of it. And now <laughs> now you're going to ask me about it, and it's like, so so here here's here's what I really said. I said I said, well, do you want me to read the magazine article to you? And and, and that's where it kind of went into. I'm like, okay, I'm a dick. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that was kind of mean. So here, let's let's go on our computer, open up the browser, and we can watch the video together. We can have a watch party. So, F Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so the second job of the co-host, besides reading that, is when, when you see me get thirsty, you talk. Right? It's like So uh, what do you think of Beta? Like the Beta <laughs> 300? Mm-hmm. Is that a good bike? Mm. Nothing compared to a Hoosaberg 570. No, nothing is. I have one of those as well. There, hey, so like so this this is where this could just go completely take a wrong turn. Kelly is another co-Hoosaberg 570 owner, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, owner, yeah. Yes. And and uh, so... It's a man's bike. It is. It, yeah. it, it, it is a man's bike. Yeah. Um, you know, You know where I got my second one from this guy? Yeah, he... he you have two of them? Both 570s? Yeah. I thought we I thought we talked about that as I, we're doing that. I don't I don't I don't retain anything you say. I just, right. I'm like, yes, Jimmy, that sounds great. No. <laughs> is that how this is gonna go? Okay. I'm just to, here to heckle. Back to the sponsor list. Well, sometimes that's what comes in. Um you you spelled trail tech wrong. I know. Trail tech? I want I wanted to see if you'd read it that way. <laughs> trail tech. Well, we have a hard time with pronunciation here. Uh, so these are the companies and here's, here's in all honesty. And I, I get it when people go, well, if you have sponsors and you have companies that support you or whatever, how can you ever say anything bad or are they all, is it all good? And you're only going to say good things. Not me. Um, I'm careful about what I say, but it's, it's like the way that it has to, it has to be honest and, and. So when we have sponsors, the reason we have sponsors is so we can do it the way that we'd like to do it, and it it's not free. If you go find something for free, then you're getting what you're paying for uh, as far as content production, and I promise you that. And most of what you've been getting so far has been free, and you saw that, except for what comes out of me because I have the ability to work for free uh, a lot of the time. But I'd like to involve other people so I don't have to um, turn on these lights and edit this and all this other stuff. I'd like to bring somebody in and do that so I can babble more. Back to the company. More babbling than you do currently? Uh-huh. Wow. Well, at least That's on a, a more frequent basis or with be- or better stuff. Uh, so we have KTM has been on uh, this show specifically. Uh, Climb has been on forever. Uh, Recluse came on early. Uh, Fly was on Dirt Bike Test, the website, 
in the very beginning and then they, they switched because we weren't putting up enough content, but that was on us. But some other companies, Fast Company, uh, Kreft, who does uh, moto suspension. And do you have any experience with Kreft? Uh, I have some friends that use their stuff. I don't personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some. Actually, yeah. your 500 suspension is going to go to them. And uh, not your new one, your old one that I that I liberated from you uh, is going to go there because I'm going to be able that way. I have two sets and I'm going to be able to do back to back stuff. Uh, new tech, which is uh, Nitro Moose and um, the uh, tubeless system. Uh, Yamaha Motors and uh, Honda Motor Corporation. Just just the Yamaha motor or the whole bike? Well, the whole bike, but they okay. are Yamaha Motors. Okay. Yeah, that's how they. Yeah, it's just clarification. Yeah, yeah Yamaha <laughs> Motors USA. Uh, beta motorcycles. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm, I got to skip the two KTM's and the climbs because they're in it. Uh, <laughs> but no trail tech. Moto Nation, <laughs> uh, which is CD boots, and they make uh, a, a lot of different uh, stuff through Moto Nation. Um, Double Take mirrors, and uh, and Ned at Double Take has always been a supporter of anything we do here. Scotts, they make uh, awesome steering stabilizers. In fact, we almost dedicated a whole show to one of those last time. Uh, Kenda, um, Kenda makes really good tires. That uh, man, they they have a very wide variety of tires for your off road and adventure and dual sport bikes, and they've been supporting my schools for a long time, as you've heard. And I do like the uh, Parker DTs, and you're—I think you're surprised by that. Well, I ride in different terrain than you do. Up up where we're at, they're they're not good, but I can see how they'd be good down here. Down here, the, the front tire doesn't look like it would work in this stuff down here either. Oh, it, little, but I've you, heard they work great. You got to give that front tire yeah. a try in your conditions, actually. Okay, you, you really do. And and the the Parker DT works on braking. That's where that tire just is just shines. The um, front or rear. Or front or, okay. and you have to you have to have to you have to run them in the hard direction do not run them in the intermediate direction which is the mistake i think most people in better dirt or you know softer dirt or wet slick dirt they they go oh we're intermediate don't do it just run it in hard uh black dog cycle works um they make bulletproof skid plates uh they're more skid plate than i need <laughs> um rottweiler performance uh chris actually let us do a show down at his place once and he heckled me the whole time hmm. so um you got tough Good competition job. there yeah uh baja designs they make awesome lights uh tour tech uh through their brand that they now acquired cruise tools um is uh helped us out la sleeve company which i may be needing uh pretty soon with that KTM <laughs> yeah, I saw that. that detonated itself pretty uh muck off uh they make uh, they make now they make pressure washers and they make a lot of chemicals to clean you know clean bikes they're huge over in europe and it's they're they're really big in the bicycle industry believe it or not they've been trying to really push into the motorcycle side uh they saw like, like what we're doing i have that little pressure washer i'm in love with the thing but it came as a kit with some of their they're chemicals, and I hadn't used them for a long time. I mean, more than 12 years because it was back at Dirt Rider last time I used this stuff. And I used some of that stuff, and I'm like, wow, it's, this stuff actually really does work. Because I've always thought, you know, the spray-on cleaners and yeah, stuff, some, like, uh, yeah. take it or leave it. Yeah. This stuff worked. So, uh, and Are they a European company then? 
Yes. Okay. I, well, I don't know if they're American company or uh, Bermcan and Mark will let us know. He wants to call in. And so Bermcan Canon Media, uh, Mark has been helping us with some content stuff on Dirt Bike Test, and we went fast. So you see the stickers here? And by the way, if you were not on the social media Is this today, my job, too? You, just... you can, yeah, hold those up. Yeah. And just, you know, go like this so everybody can see the Ride Trail Tech logo on your shirt. And and uh, so we went fast. Uh, uh, BJ put up a story today on James Stewart jumping LaRocco's Leap. And if you want to read something pretty cool uh, about that day and that jump and the photo that Jeff Cardis, who captured the photo um, on a digital camera way back then, uh, got a really cool story. Um, he's the one that did the Danny Hamill story in our first issue. And it's like he drops these nuggets that are just historical and kind of cool things, well-told stories. So um, check out that at wewentfast.com. And last but not least, Trail Tech, Tech. maker of awesome digital gauges uh, that you just stuck to the table. You can put it you can, here. You can take the Tacosaurus out of the way. The Tacosaurus. Yeah. Nice. We were going to eat tacos off of it one day, but Travis, like, landed. He came up short and landed there. So um, that's it. Travis doesn't ride a four-stroke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He does. Now he writes KTMs, actually. Well, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks to all those people. And so if you are out shopping, buying parts, remember those are the companies that are keeping us in business, uh, helping us. Uh, they make good stuff, um, all of them. Every single one of those I know specifically because I think the only reason they jumped on uh, with us because we had – that's sweet. <laughs> Travis is doing a, a fender stand, headstand. Superman? Yeah, super uh, super crash. Yeah, coming. where is your foam pit anyway? I don't have You have many bikes and like 300 bikes we could jump into a foam pit and no foam pit. I don't have a foam pit. Uh, so, yeah, all those companies, they probably jumped on because they they probably in reality. Well, okay, because you, 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 you through Trail Tech, you guys advertised with us. So what... Why? It was the relentless calling. It was just, I mean, from the different numbers and like the postcards, it was just the pressure. It was just pressure. Because I, how many, how many people yeah. did I tell you you were going to Because I, I mean, how many people are watching here? Like seven? 50, 53 right now. 53. Half of them are my family. <laughs> you did that too? Like, yeah. Like, oh, now it's down to, it's down to 50. Yeah. So they all just hung up. Yeah. Your family, your entire family just hung yeah. up. So, okay, you're only responsible for three of them. I saw the number drop there. Uh, because I, with the first issue, it's like, well, people, you know, a lot of – everybody wants to know exactly how many clicks are you going to get and how many – you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, this is the first one. I don't know. I mean, right now you're, you're, you're betting on zero. But, and it's only going to get better. But, you know, to what level, we, we don't know. And that's like we're sitting here right now watching it and it's going up but it's not near where we want it to be and we want it to grow because in order for people to really want to come in and support it it, people need to see it and i think almost every one of these companies i have a personal relationship with somebody there i talked to them i said hey you know you got to trust trust us we're going to make this thing work we're going to make it look good we want it to be a quality product and well that's the honest answer is that we've been doing business with you guys for a long time so it's it was just natural to do it we know you're a strong influence and have a big background and have a good media outlet right now. So it was easy for us. We just, you know, 
we were already there. Can I make jokes on you now? Sure. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> no. I dare you. Trail Tech. Brought to you by this seg- this segment. Brought to you by Trail Tech. Tech. <laughs> I was hoping you'd just read that. Like, uh, wait, what? I'm not that good. I, I I actually improvise this stuff. I'm not. I don't pay that much attention. So okay, this this sheet is. That sheet's done. Uh, so back to the real part of this show. This is where we answer questions. Uh, this is this is what we're supposed to do on the show. Not not spend twenty three minutes or more um, babbling about business, but uh, and Husabergs and Husabergs. Yeah, he did it, not me. Do do are people confused? Like when you when you start talking about the Husaberg and then you just go five seventy and they go what what's so <laughs> special about that? And you just your your eyes roll back in your head because like they do when you twist the throttle. I mean that thing makes a yeah, lot of like power. Two hundred and fifty right? pounds of torque, I think. Is right? What, yeah, at idle. And then, yeah. then and then from <laughs> and there, then yeah yeah it yeah. just it just keeps going. Yeah. It's I I. Like these guys that come out here with their factory rally bikes and stuff and train and they're like they 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 walk. It's like the Husaberg. They won't get close to it because they know how much power it has. It like it repels them. It's intimidating. Yeah, and, and then, it looks and, like the motor. There's something wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, and if you get close, it just sucks you. It yeah. kind of sucks you right in. So, uh, hey, uh, our buddy George, um, who who helps me out with the show. This guy's waving um, at us over here. We ignore him. Okay. Yeah. Husaberg. Uh, he, he he put trailtech.net up on the uh, chat room on the board so people can see it. Who did? George. George, George, George is, uh, he's our, I think he's our number three fan. He has seven followers on Instagram and he's, 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 he's really good. (laughs) Three more than you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) ATV, UTV, motorcycle gauges and GPS stuff. That's what it says. Uh, that's what we do. Okay. So the first question, um, it's actually from a listener from the last show who evidently took a lot of heat, um, from his buddies because he, he asked a question, and Ricky Brabeck was here, and whatever his question was, it was about um, – I don't remember exactly what it was, but Ricky just said, get a Honda. <laughs> that was, that was uh, the answer. And so he took a lot of heat from his buddies. But he says, my real question is, is – his name – it starts with a C. It's C something. C – anyways, we'll just call it C because I think, I think it's Chris, but I don't know. It could – but – Cincerillo? No. no. <laughs> My real question is your thoughts on the Husaberg 390. Yeah. I admit, you've always, you're always talking about the 570 makes me want to try one, but they are hard to find and a lot of money. Of course. But there are some of the 390s around, and it has a 70-degree motor as well. My 14-year-old boy is ready to move up from the TTR 125, and I was looking at <laughs> 252 strokes. For me, it's a straight vomit in my mouth when I say <laughs> I'm considering a four-stroke. <laughs> But the 390 seems it would be a good sweet spot that we could both enjoy. So he's buying a bike for his yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, right? I know. I've already read between the yeah, lines yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to get one of those Husabergs. Yeah. <laughs> Curious to your thoughts on the 390. So uh, so I have a lot of experience, not a lot, but I have a fair amount of experience. And so when he's talking about like, you know, puking in his mouth when he's thinking about a four stroke. So this ding dong, me actually went and tried to ride Romaniacs on a Husaberg 390. When Husaberg re- introduced the 390, I managed to finagle an invite over there to ride that race. I don't know. There's a picture of me landing on my head on the thing. Or I'm landing on my head, and then the bike landed on top of me uh, in the prologue. I go off a log. We had it on the screen on one of the shows. But 
So I said, oh, I, I mean, that's probably great because, I mean, I loved the 570 and I'm like, a 390 probably be pretty good for an extreme enduro, but I'd been off for a few years. I hadn't really done any serious competing. And that was the race, the one race I went back to and said that the, the, the professional riders have gone to a new level and I'm not there and I'm never going to get there. I don't have this. I don't possess this level of skill. And being on a four-stroke, any four-stroke, did did not help at, at all. Not even a 390 because the funny thing is, just like all the KTMs, and, you know, the, the, the 500 weighs just a few pounds more than the, the smaller yeah. ones. 390 is the same bike. The, the Hoosberg 390 weighs one pound less than the 570. Yeah. So That's a heavy piston. <laughs> so in that in that. Uh, essence it's it's never going to be a 252 stroke by any means just it's it's a heavy bike to begin with the Husaberg is so um for for your kid i don't know how 14 year old um if you want to ride it <laughs> great um but i think for him a 125 or a 150 would be the next stepping stone for sure uh don't um can don't the, the 390 it's a it's a fun bike to ride it's a really good 400 cc bike i like the 390 yeah i, I think mean, it's fun so did I. it's yeah. a good bike yeah, yeah. There, you had one yeah do you and have I, and i loved it until i rode your 570 and then i went and bought a 570 oh yeah okay yeah and that, that's almost everybody says that i mean it, i wonder how hard it is to you probably have to switch the crank too to make 390 into 570 right it's, but yeah. what you're not emphasizing is how well the 570 works in slow... I'm not emphasizing how well the 570 works in the slow riding stuff. just keep talking about stuff. how fast it goes, and it, it, it works really well when you're slow. Oh, not compared to a, a, a 302 stroke. No. no. But so, okay, no, so... I'm talking about amongst four strokes. Yeah, amongst four strokes. Now, nah, if you're on one wheel, this is what I've always said about the Husaberg and the 70-degree motor in general. If you're on one wheel, it is the lightest, best handling four-stroke ever. But if you put the other wheel down, all of a sudden that weight, it's heavier. It's placed higher. The center of gravity is closer. This is what I feel at least. The center of gravity is in a different spot. So it kind of gets a little bit heavy when when you're trying to maneuver it when one wheel isn't off the ground, front or rear. I mean, and, or I don't necessarily mean off the ground, but very light. When you're really hard on the brakes and you're working that Husaberg, it's really good. When you're really hard on the gas, actually, you don't have to, on the 570, you don't really even have to hardly be on the gas. <laughs> no. I mean, just a little bit. And it's on the rear wheel and it's, and it's really light and agile. But when you set those wheels down, oh, really? like if you do the same, if, you, if, you're, if you're with the wheels kind of set down, not accelerating that hard, the, the KTM 500 just slaughters it it's just a lighter handling bike a more agile bike any 450 you know honda yamaha it's it's just something about that where that that weight feel so i i can't explain why the physics of it but um i think i don't notice that because i'm always either full endo or full, full wheelie, wheelie on yeah that bike uh-huh it's i can i can that's I the can, only way to ride it i can see that <laughs> uh so um Anyways, he says, uh, thanks for your time, and I really do enjoy Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I've gotten a few others to tune in and listen. Uh, get a Honda, ha, 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 but no. So I'll, I'll pass it on to Ricky uh, when next time I see him. Anyways, he gets back to his his story. He said, yeah, I'm 5'8 and 165. I know what he is, but I don't know what his name is. Um, his sag is set at 103, and he said he messed around with different pressures in the fork. So it must have been a fork question. I don't, I don't pressures remember. it must have been an air fork yeah I, he he gives the, the setting so i 
Uh, let's see. Thanks. Also, Ricky, if I go back to Big Red, it's back to the 1997 to 1998 CR250R Delta box frame. Whoa, 90 equals skinny between the knees. And what? The 97? <laughs> everybody hated that bike. That was a horrible that bike. Terrible. I, I no, owned one. No, yeah. that, it, <laughs> maybe it, you could give it to this guy. It makes a lot of. St- <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I think. I it's a joke. I actually, when it came out, I actually got along with that bike really good. But somehow, I managed to never ride it around high speed turns with like chop in them because that's where that bike <laughs> just didn't work. Yeah. I. I. I got a lot. I. I did like the aluminum frame. I liked the characteristics of it, and and it was definitely too stiff at the time. But uh, hey, you know, you learn, live and learn. Uh, so Mike, here you got to pronounce that name. What's that name, Mike? Z- Zabirik? Zabirik. Mm-hmm. Zabirik. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you read that. Why don't you... You can do... That's what Logan does. I'm going to have a sip. Just read the questions. Oh, you Am I getting paid for on? this? No. <laughs> you, you paid me. Oh, that's right. And I have to read. Yeah, you have to read. Cause I, cause I'm, what I'm, am I reading now? Mike. Looking forward to the show, Jimmy. What's your opinion on marketing dangers on marking danger spots out on the trail. No, don't do that. Oh, I'm not, I'm not giving advice. I'm just reading questions. No, no, right? you, no you, you're going to chime in on this. You okay. actually, I think you rode in the area this guy's talking about because he's talking about Nelson Hills, but oh. keep going. Okay, yeah, we had a rider in our group go down today at Nelson Hills. Uh, it was a blind hill climb over a crest, and if you didn't take the inside line, it was highly, it was highly possibility- that's what it says. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> read, read it verbatim and then blame the writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of danger and washout. He is fine, but his brand new two hour old KTM Erzberg 300 with flashy new graphics. And nah, I didn't say that. I'm just adding stuff. Uh, looks like it slid off the table at Carl's Diner. <laughs> Uh, some of our group was thinking making signs and arrows for danger, but not being part of the nature. People might rip them out. Big sticks, rocks, guide somebody away from danger. So um, it's it's that's an interesting so it's an interesting yeah, comment and marking. Um, so my initial thing was no, absolutely not, not in a hundred years. And here's the reason: uh, a, it's not a race course. You're just out riding around on trails and whatnot, and you need to always need to ride within your ability level. If you are expecting, so let's say we mark this one. And then you go on a different trail that isn't marked and you start riding it as if it is marked because, oh, it's not marked, so it can't be dangerous. You're going to end up on your head kind of like this guy did. Mm -hmm. So the problem here is this guy, and he was rewarded for his efforts with a nicely scratched up motorcycle. Luckily, he didn't get hurt. But you need to respect the terrain. Don't matter where you ride. Like when I go ride, let's just say I I know this area where I'm riding and I'm familiar with it, but let's say I'm going to go ride at your place. We're going to go to your place and we're going to go riding there. I tone it back a notch Mm -hmm. because I'm not familiar with the train and something might jump out at me that isn't normal. So I, I slow it down. And when I would race in new areas, I could not race at the same level. I raced even with markings because when you go to a different club or a different, you know, organization, they mark differently. And so you you always have to have when you're doing off road, you always have to have train reading. This is like someone going to a motocross track and going out and riding the first lap like it's their tenth lap. Yeah, the, you you've got to learn the track. You, you know, either you learn the train 
and or it's something you're going to repeat and you can learn to ride over it because you're familiar with it or you, you you're going to end up with bad experiences. So I don't think um, that that's the case. And especially with off road, I mean, it could rain out here and you could have a washout that just yeah, completely changes the aspect, makes yeah. makes everything go away. So it's uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of against that. If something was just I don't know. Uh, th- there are times when we're riding with groups when we come up on something and someone stops. I mean, when we're doing our schools, we we call it posting. We post someone at a dangerous spot so that people that are unfamiliar or don't understand, you know, there's 70 mile roads out here that have a section where you need to go five miles an hour off of it. Because if you go 70, you're going to be dead. And it, there's no rhyme or reason for why the water washed out this section. And, and a lot of times it's not the first bump that gets you, but it's the second or third one. So uh, my uh, Mike, I totally think that um, we should just ride within our ability level and learn to train read. That's uh, my take on it. Well, and to, and to what you said there, even uh, signs that mark like trail difficulty, it's completely different. I mean, I've, I've, got, I've done Black Diamond in Idaho and then Black Diamond somewhere else, which Are you I wouldn't to knock call my sponsors Black Diamond. Down? Do you want well, a trail texture? No, I'm actually trying to get them. Ex- oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but you know, you can't even like if it's, it says you know it's a moderate trail. Well, moderate compared to what? You know, it, it, they're not. I, I guess from from area to area, they're not always the same. Yeah, it's. I think that um, with even I was reading something today. I was I was doing a little bit of research on backcountry discovery routes and backcountry discovery routes. They do not post uh, a, a ability level or skill level on their things. They have advanced sections and stuff. But the reason they do it is because they say, hey, the weather could change. And the trail goes from beginner to expert. Um, a rain could come through. And it, it makes the expert hard sand into a highway. You know, so it, it, it yeah. just things things change. And so I think in off-road, we just kind of have to respect that um, to a certain extent, for sure. It's called a discovery route for a reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. Discover your ability level. Yep. Um, okay. So uh, then Justin Smith kind of chimes in. He says, one sort of nice thing about riding a roadbook rally, the dangers are marked or should be in the book. <laughs> and, and so here's here's something funny and that, that, that my guys will all attest to. The first thing, the first note on the, on the brief of the roadbook, anyone that I hand out says, not marked for dangers. We don't mark our roadbooks for any dangers, or at least the ones that I do. Every once in a while, we'll go out and we'll pre-run one and we'll the day before and we'll mark the dangers so they can race through it with confidence. Um, but most of the training routes, no dangers marked because I want them to be train reading because even when you're on a race and and you you're you're calling ass and you navigate and you make a small mistake and you're off the ideal course or you just you miss a turn or something and there's no danger marked but on that road that's the wrong road there's something dangerous guess what it's dangerous and it's not marked yeah. and now what happens so so Justin uh never trust the road book <laughs> Because I make them sometimes, and I'm not that good at it. Uh, and then, um, yeah. So I think that's a. I think that's our our take on that. Oh no, you fired Travis Uh-oh. up. 
Uh-oh. I think Logan's done that a couple times. I didn't know there was a fire. Up yeah, there. it takes him a little while to turn off, so we can't don't don't squeeze his suspension. That's what makes uh, him. That's what fires him up. Of course, that's how you start every motor, isn't it? You yeah. Jump up and down on the rear suspension. Uh, Dan Wall says ran my first set of Kenda Parker DT tires because Jimmy said to. There's no punctuation there, but because Jimmy said to. <laughs> You know, Dan, I'm glad there's blind faith out there because otherwise I would have no advertising in my magazine. <laughs> and we, I, we want to put a board up on the wall here that how many KTMs I've sold because, you know, only because they advertise. It. Yeah. Right. Uh, please so far might be my new go-to tire. Yeah. See? See? Told you. Um, Where does he ride at? Where is he from? Uh, did, he did, did, didn't divulge that. We need some information. Div- I know. Was times- he riding around his driveway? I, it's probably works great uh, on concrete. What, okay, what's your favorite tires? Um, any tires you can just. I say. have a bunch of them because okay. mainly gummies. So I like okay. like the golden tire gummies. I like right. the Sherco gummies. I like gummy tires. Brunch, Sh- I like the Shinko. 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 What yeah. I say? Shirko. Oh, that's a motorcycle. Yeah, brand. it is. It yeah. is. I, I'd like one of those too. A actually. gummy. A gummy yeah. Shirko. A, a gummy Shirko. <laughs> <laughs> the little gummy Shirko. I I have not ridden one of those yet. Which they, one? The Shirko. You not ridden. any model? Uh, not for the last oh. three, four years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I rode some old four strokes. The ones with the KTM motors in them, the first ones. No, I rode oh. I rode Sherco motors that were they were still struggling with getting them just running right. They yeah. were they were they were tough. Yeah, I rode I rode Yamaha ones like a long time ago. Yeah, but uh, I'd like to. Um, you know who this kid named Mason Klein? You know this guy, mm. Mason Klein. You don't know Mason Klein? Okay, Mm-mm. he's got a he's got a. I'm going to read it verbatim because I like picking on Mason. What is the best truck to keeping my Trailtech Voyager Pro from getting stuck on my bar mount? The best truck? Truck. I like Ford F-150s. I think he wanted to know the trick. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but anyways, that's... that's so in the side of this, there's a little hole right here, and you stick the little Allen wrench okay, in that we're, comes in, we're, this, and this, you twist it in, then you turn it back just a little bit, and then you poke the thing. Because what it does is it locks the depression. Okay, I have, to, I have to decode that because not everybody's watching this on video. A lot of people listen to it, so it's a podcast oh, as well. Mm-hmm. This, there's, this, a this, lot of people. This A lot of thousands. Once, once this leaves this little Facebook zone, it, just, it goes to thousands yeah, of cause, people. Because she told someone, and... He told someone. And well, no, because it's a. It's, oh. You can download it on SoundCloud and all the podcast platforms, iTunes and stuff like that. We're on those. What marketing uh, guy told you all this? No, I. I, I, I <laughs> no marketing guy. Do you have members I, to support I, that. Yes, I. Up, I upload <laughs> it. I upload it. I'll show you the damn results right here. I I upload it there, and then I go back and I look and I see how many people watched it. You actually, uh, most of my things, we don't even do the thing where you can't where we hide the views. So you can see how many people have seen yeah. it. It's not a, it's not yeah, a secret. Yeah, yeah. But it's but anyways, so what Kelly did was he picked up this awesome Trailtech Voyager Pro that is sitting here and the question is because I've had this happen too and I've asked mm-hmm. this question. I think a lot of people do. It's a good question by the way. Mason, thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Um, the dock can get kind of sticky especially with a lot of dirt and dust and mm-hmm. stuff in there, but it's adjustable essentially. That Allen bolt you're talking about. It is. It's a locking mechanism and a lot of times vibration will allow it to move a little bit and then it will get in the slot that makes it lock. So you have to back so, out. So, so the you turn lock, it in the and then back it out just so, a teeny bit. Because if it didn't have a locking mechanism, you would get questions from people that said, why did my Trailtech Voyager Pro fly out of the dock? Yeah. 
But it actually doesn't, even when no. it, even when well, it is. So if you do snow biking because you go through like limbs that are covered with snow and they're all hanging right. real low and it smacks the top of it, people no have lost way. them before. Yeah. Well, have you done any snow biking? Yes. It's like being hit with a, bas- a baseball bat when you get that. It's just, it's so much. It, it just no, it it, slaps it, the top it, of it and it pops off. Um, it's happened twice. Okay. They didn't lock it. Okay. Yeah. Twice in like the 10 million slaps. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a low percentage. Yeah. That's like every KTM 300 TPI bike blows up. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't know that. No. I had two. Did. They're both wonderful. No, but yeah, I know. We were <laughs> yeah. talking about that today. Like yeah. we've never had any problems. I've never had any problems no. like that. And, and, but if you talk to the internets, or like the YouTubes will tell you. But I did okay. follow a plug with one once, which I thought was odd. Because it hadn't, the plug was six months old, maybe. That's, I haven't found a plug for yeah. so long. But okay, so back to this Voyager. So the, so I was going to say, uh, what are you doing riding through the bushes that are slapping you in the face like that? I mean, even when I raced, I was the only guy that would show up at the finish line in my jersey. I'd have sleeves on my jersey and everybody else would be shredded. Hmm. So maybe that's just me. I don't like to get slapped that much. Could be. While I'm riding my motorcycle. Yeah. So, uh Okay, so the adjustment nut, uh, Mason, that's another thing. And he continues, and he says, he says, and why do the copper pins that charge the device get stuck down? Um, Basically, how do I maintenance my device and its charging mount? The ones that get stuck down, um, usually it's because they haven't cleaned it or, or it's not locked in the dock well, and it gets water inside there and it shorts out the pins. Um, if you have that problem, call our tech support, and we'll just swap the dock out for okay. you. Okay. And does dielectric grease on that help? It does. Okay. It, but you, the thing about dielectric grease is it collects dirt and all that. It so adds. if you don't take it off and clean it once in a while, it just becomes a, a nasty mess itself. So right. I guess overall you should take it apart and clean it once in a while. That that That's the best method to keep them to last. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Thanks, Mason. Those are, those are good questions because it's funny. I have asked both of those questions yeah. like in early, early uh, times because I, I make a lot of my guys when we're doing rally training run these things because, A, we have buddy tracking if we're using that. And, and B, I can out of out of this or the, even old, the old Voyager, the old standard Voyager, I can get a really good, accurate track log that that doesn't have to go through some third party software yeah. with some weird <laughs> format that that won't load you don't into have to my... wear beads and say a chant to actually see your right track. yeah yeah i just yeah. I, get, I, I push the card in yeah. i get it out it's it it comes out and it's accurate and it's good so yeah. um i i do i do like these i i they they're they were a little quirky um and for me the biggest thing was when when i'm riding with other people and we can use buddy track buddy tracking it's awesome to because you don't have to wait at the turns. You leave a little trail where you went. Yep. And so they, they get a track log, a little segment of track log where you went, and you don't have to wait there. They see it. Yeah, you come up to a three-way and look down and go, oh, yeah, went it's, this way. It's there. That's, there that, is, that is the and – then, and then the the other thing, when I'm, just for when I'm by myself, when I'm using it as a GPS unit with the maps that are in there, and the maps that are in there are, are I would say, okay, and that's going to get better pretty soon, allegedly. Shh. You're not supposed to tell anyone. Did you just say that out loud? No, I don't know. Can we back up? Okay. What yeah, happened? Yeah, push wait, the eight-second thing. Mute, mute. How do I unplug this stuff? Yeah, maps <laughs> get better. Um, but the perspective GPS the that where oh, it angles yeah. down is so cool. You it's know like, what's funny? I think you're the only one that likes that feature. We put it in there, and, and you've always said that. I never use that. I like track up. I just like I, I like I like I like I like track up 
perspective. Yeah. And and then when I when I ride into like a maze of 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 landscape and I'm and I'm like, can I make it through here? I can look at the topo lines and I can I make it up that? Yeah. No, that's too yeah, steep. Yeah, it gives oh, you a more three D view of it. There's there's an app I use on my phone called I don't even know what it's called, but it, it shows the the gradient. And, it, and it's it's like for hiking and stuff. And it, it goes from green to yellow to red. Oh, okay. And, stuff like yeah. that. and it's like, I can I can ride up just a little bit into like yellow. Like when it starts getting super dark yellow, you can't ride up anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, that's the steep, that's that gets up to like 45. You need a good run to yeah, go up. Yeah. Like, like red is a cliff. Yeah. You know, you know so, so, uh, but, but I can use on the, on the Voyager, I can use that feature to, to guide me around when I'm, yeah. when I'm really kind of scanning around and stuff. So, uh, pretty, pretty cool. So, hey, if you have, um, uh, Voyager, uh, Voyager questions, uh, Kelly will answer every single one of them that you. Uh, oh, I did it again. I'm taking Travis. Yeah, away from I, I can't be trusted. Like, that's that's what Travis is Suzuki. Mm. That sure doesn't sound like a Husaberg. Yeah, throw that thing done. away. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> boy, we're mowing through the questions right now. Uh, somebody's on asks on the KTM 390. He says. DC one five three four says, "If I have the option of getting or not getting a quick shifter, should I go for it or not getting it? I don't like the sound of having the engine cut out by simply touching the shifter." Have you ridden a KTM three ninety by chance? I have not. So they have something on called. I've ridden the seven ninety with the quick shifter. Okay, what do you think? Now I thought it was awesome when I first rode it. I thought this is the best transmission I've ever had. I'm like, <laughs> it was it was amazing. You didn't even have to grab the clutch. You just start slamming gears. So I love it. So here, here's ignition interrupter on it. Yeah, it cuts ignition. Right. So when you shift, it's, it's only for not. not uh, I didn't yeah, even no, notice it. Oh, so so when I very first got the KTM three ninety and I was riding it, I was riding it from Murrieta. That's where KTM builds their mm-hmm. high performance. Or no, they they import their high That's performance off road motorcycles. They were Austrian. Yeah. So okay, stand for again. Yeah, anyway. I, I get confused. <laughs> but anyways, I was riding it from there to here, and I, and I and I I was having this weird intermittent cutout, and I couldn't. Oh my God, it seems like it's in third gear. And and then it, your foot was laying on the shifter. Yeah, it was it was. I would come out of a turn, and I would go, and when I would go to stand up, I would touch the damn thing, and it would do a pop, and I couldn't get it to. It was not a repeatable, like. And right. I, so I do the same thing, and I was getting really curious about like what RPM it was. So I'm like, oh, it's a jetting glitch or some you know fuel injection sort of thing or whatever. My foot was touching the damn shifter, and I had quick shift, quick shift on. Yeah. And I turned it off, and all of a sudden, problem solved. So so for me, I didn't realize how much my foot actually touch, touches the shifter. Yeah. And that bike will pretty much you can hold it wide open and just bang the shifts yeah. anyways. Oh. With, without it, yeah. Oh. Most bikes will. Yeah, I, it's amazing. You put just a little lever pressure on a on a shifter, especially on an upshift, it'll shift. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a super huge fan of it. Um, you could lucky you can turn it on and off. If you have to pay for more more for it, I, I, I which is funny because you do. It's already on the bike. It's all there. All they do is unlock the software. Welcome to yeah, <laughs> Apple and Tesla. Right? I know. You know, it's just it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a, like it's, what? It's the way it the is. Features so. in there. Which wires do I wire? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I've, I, I, some people really like it. Like you said, I liked it. It it, it, it works. I it. honestly didn't know it had it, and I just thought it was like an amazing shifting transmission. And then later I found out it had it, and I went, "Oh, well, that's why." And you can buy aftermarket kits for other yep. bikes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's it's some again, it's like everything. It's not good or bad. It's some like it. I don't like it. Some people mm-hmm. like it. You know, and it's not right or wrong. It's just like that's the way it is. And maybe. 
in all honesty, I always say if there's something you're really curious about that is expensive or something, get a, try to talk to somebody that uses it or, you know, at least try to test ride it. And that would that would really help out. So, um, yeah, DC, hope I answered your question. Um, I was going to call Trevor tonight, but we're running behind on time here. So because somebody wanted to know what his light setup was on the um, KTM or the uh, Yamaha YZ250FX that he did the video on. So, Trevor, uh, answer the questions on the um, uh, YouTubes or Instagrams or wherever. interwebs. Yeah, they come from. That's that's your job. If you put that video up, you got to respond to all those damn questions. Adrian McDonald, I can spell that name. Kilometers per hour or miles per hour? He's asking about a video where I get the uh, Honda CR450X completely stock going... I think it was 101 miles an hour, and it was miles an hour. Yeah, so miles per. This is America, buddy. How fast will the 570 go? Oh, dude. like the speedometer usually blows off. Like it just, <laughs> it can't keep up. It's like <laughs> after it's it, gone around a and, couple and then of your times. Eyes are, you know, usually you're even yeah. through your goggles, your eyes are watering. So you <laughs> and you're so scared to even like. Take well, because the lens is pushed all the way back into, into your, your eyeballs. Eyes. Yeah. See, you know, it's, it's not, Yeah, why? Why do we yeah. even have to bring yeah. it up? <laughs> do you know that? Just because how fast the Husaberg five seventy goes? Yeah, I mean gearing obviously because you can gear keep so gearing gear it. Up. <laughs> stock, stock. My run my, this on the front. My. <laughs> no, no, no. Stock, stock. So, so whatever gearing is, I think it was like fourteen fifty um, on the five seventy that I have right now. It goes one hundred and twelve miles an hour on the dry lake bed. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah, and and <laughs> and, it, and it's gearing limited. It, it's hitting the rev limiter at one hundred and twelve. Yeah, and I could I could definitely you could gear it up. up and keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's digging a small trench. Yeah, yeah as it should be. And yeah, and, and then my tires are wasted. It's that's why it's expensive on tires. <laughs> uh, you got your glasses on? No, I got it. Sia can just si- <laughs> careful. Si- Sia careful. Ju- just can Justin. He said, "No, this is good." He said, "Love the issue. The piece about Danny Hamble was my favorite part." Uh, thank you. S i a k n i j u s t i n. How would you spell that? I mean, just like that. Like that. How would you say exactly like that? Yeah. Um, somebody was asking me about, um, there's these, uh, there's these things that you can put on your bike. They're like, uh, they make them, they make it so you can tune it. It's like a, it's called a, they're like two letters and jetting some tuner <laughs> thing. I, I always used to remember it, but then they didn't advertise in the magazine. I tend to forget. Um, so he said, what's the best setting for a 2013 KTM 350 XCFW? And he just wants to know, like, what numbers are the best setting? And here's the problem with that, asking that yes. answer, the question. It depends. Just like we talked about, like, you like quick, quick shift, and I don't. The, the way that that company sends out their tuner um, is really, really good. And then they have two or three different settings that, that, that it comes with um, when – you know, you get it. You can read the instructions, and it says if you're running an open exhaust, and if you've removed the reeds, then try this setting. And if you're running completely stock and stock, try this setting. So they give you kind of these. It comes the one that they send it with is sort of like okay, a guy put a slip-on muffler on it, and that's about it. That's kind of the normal setting. But I always take it, and then I start 
fiddling with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's so easy to do because you can do it while you're riding. You can literally push yep. the buttons. I mount it on the dash, on the on the crossbar pad, and I'm riding, and, and I ride it in the rev range, and you can look at the, the lights, tell mm-hmm. you where your throttle is and what range you're in, and you can play with it. And so I always say play with it because generally, for the most part, my KTM 500 with the detonation uh, marks accepted, but I think that had to do with like sand getting in the motor, which yeah. is we've known for a long time, and bad gas. I think there was some bad gas episodes. I mean, definitely some detonation course, going on. There's a lot of detonation, yeah. and we're. But I also had a JD tuner on it. I said it, and I leaned. I'm sure at some point I've leaned it out, or I, I generally run leaner than what most people run. I run. I run actually leaner than stock on a standard ECU a lot of times, which people go, How, why do you do that? Because I'm always moving my throttle and I run my pump squirt, which is the transient, it's called transient, rich. So I compensate for the lean settings by a rich transient. So when I'm at steady throttle, which is very rare, but if I'm just cruising, I get very good efficiency. So I can actually boost out of my, out of my you know, five gallon tank, I can go almost to 30 or 40 miles. So we're talking about a 10% increase in fuel efficiency, which makes a difference a lot of the times I'm riding. And I can ride it efficiently by holding it steady throttle. And so especially up on, on wide, wide open, that being lean could be the cause of the detonation. But anyways, so you can tune this. And there's nothing to say it's not hard, too hard to play from their standard settings like one or two. You're not going to hurt your motor, rich or lean, in either direction. And those provide characteristics. And in the, in the video, I talk about how the way you should think about it is that you think about when you're doing this jetting, if you, want, if you feel like you need more traction, add fuel. If you want less traction, take fuel away. Like when you're dealing with the ignition timing, which you can on that thing, ignition is more like throttle response. The jetting is more like traction. So if you want it to feel like it spins up a little bit more, like more aggressive, lean, lean it out. If you want it to feel like it grabs more traction, add a little bit of fuel. And and that's your kind of your go-to on how do I want this bike to feel. So there's not one just best setting. No, there isn't. In fact, out of the box, they all, they all seem to work pretty good. Really and good. And then even if you change it, they tend to still work okay or fine. You know, it still runs good. It's not like you have like bad popping or weird acceleration. So you can kind of fine tune the power a little bit more than just, you know, fix tuning problems. Yeah, it's it's... It's a it's a tuning tool, and the idea is I think that's what makes it so cool. But there are people that just want to buy something and just bolt it on, just yeah. just make it, just get give me the best setting, and then I always say leave your bike alone. Yeah. Well, and then like DinoJet makes the one that actually sniffs it and will auto tune it. Well, I I don't have a lot of uh, experience on, with those. Yeah, but. on newer ones, I mean, there's man, there's now that now there's there's the ECU learns that it's been fooled, you know, yeah, and, and it yeah. and it changes. So there's so much, and I'm trying to get a new, I'm trying to get a newer bike that I can do some modifications on, and, and so I can really learn, so I can answer these questions accurate accurately on what is that bike actually doing. You yours is 19, right? Uh, 20. 20. With the with the uh, uh, the, the tune and and. Ha- in you have a tuner on it. Yes. And it seems like it works. As far as I know. Yeah. You're welcome, you're welcome to borrow it. If you want I, to I, yeah. I, I want to I I borrow it because I want to fiddle with it and, and learn what that what that ECU is doing. Because I kind of, I've, I've been told what they do, but I haven't experienced it. 
And and the one thing I have experienced is on a different bike, a different kind of thing that where it was learning, you change it, it jacks it up. Yeah. It it re it re-leans it out. You add because you're all usually adding fuel. It learns it and it leans it back out and you're in this fight. It just fights and, you, and, yeah. and, and you get to a point where all of a sudden it fails. It faults and it says no and you can't rich it anymore. So uh okay. Um where were we at here? Uh, Captain 250XFX something. Uh, he says, awesome. He's talking to Trevor now because it's Trevor video. You're really ringing that bike out. Well, Trevor's a racer. That's what they do. Yeah. Trevor, you should be. I'm a, I should call you and bug you. Uh, Eduardo Sobel says, um, here you both say that this is the substitute to the KLR and was pretty convincing to me. Great to know that there is a bike that performs just like the KLR without breaking the bank. Thank you both for your honest review of the Yamaha Tenere 700. Cause we, uh, Heather, he's talking, now he's talking to uh, my, me and my wife cause we did the review on it. Uh, we compared it to a KLR 650. Does that mean to Yamaha? <laughs> we <laughs> well they're about the same weight how, how, they're made how, for the same mission how, okay so <laughs> kawasaki just bringing back to kawasaki kawasaki has been touting this big release of information which came out monday and everybody i mean almost everybody except for kawasaki was expecting a new klr 650 and then there's klx 300 yeah like i saw that i i was kind of like uh, anyways yeah. So KLX, KLR650 means affordable economy. Utilitarian. Utilitarian adventure bike. Yeah. Um, and that's where the Tenere has kind of come in. But it's Tenere. It's on the price. I'm going with, yeah, that thing's pretty. For what you're getting, it's crazy. I haven't ridden one yet. And, and. And but it's it's crazy on the price and the performance is way up there. And it's just kind of simple. They didn't put a lot of gadgets or you know doohickeys on it it yeah. just it has everything you need to go do what you need to do kind of like the klr and it's not going to break any records any place but as a performance package it works really good in fact i i say this you know ktm sponsors the show if i were sitting there looking at a 790 and a and a k at a tenere 700 and it was jimmy was going to go adventure bike riding adventure bike riding i would take the tenere and everybody's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I'm not trying to race or be aggressive. Yeah. I want to be comfortable and, and all the other stuff. And it's just that's, simple, easy. Hey, they're does both, what it they're, needs both to do. they're both great yeah. bikes. You know, and that's what that video kind of kind of explains. But I kind of pulled back and, and said, This is like a modern day, you know, KLR. So <laughs> Kawasaki doesn't need to bring one out. You just, you just need to go over there. Bob <laughs> is raising his hand. Ray even bought some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you get two of them now or he just has one? Not sure, but I know he got one. Yeah, guy who used to work at Honda. Now he has Husabergs, KTM's, and Tenere's. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh, semi-professional says, I can't imagine it puts out 28 horsepower. And he's talking about the uh, the Honda CRF250L uh, rally. He can't imagine that it puts out 28 horsepower. I've ridden one. I don't think it puts out 28 horsepower. Well, either. neither do neither <laughs> neither do I. I, I mean, that's at the crankshaft, if anything. Yeah. 
and uh, semi-professional has absolutely zero vo- zero followers and zero videos on his thing. So I'm not sure. Is he? Are you just taking a stab at uh, us or Honda or who? I mean, like what? Why? Why does? I mean, what would prompt you to? make that semi-professional comment, (laughs) you know, I actually, he should probably start a channel because that's a pretty amazing, he's done like YouTube and social media quality bike testing right there. (laughs) Semi-professional. Hey, and you, you know what? We we're two bald guys right here talking on the YouTubes and the internets. Uh, just so you know, if you're not, if you're listening to it on a podcast, Thanks, Kelly, for uh, helping out there. Uh, Israel Adventure Riding says, great review. I have a question about the comfort. I took a Tenere 700 for a one-hour test ride from my local dealer and absolutely loved a bike. I had one small thing that bothered me and wanted to know if you experienced the same and if it's adjustable. My right shin kept bumping into the gearbox cover. Is this a foot peg position issue or heat? It's height, I think he means. The higher, will the higher seat change my leg angle? And so, uh, God, I don't remember what exactly it is on that bike that sticks out because the engine orientation is kind of, yeah. I think they're trying to copy a Husaberg. Like, Nyamah's never tried to copy Husaberg. They weren't or, copying anything. Or, they or pulled Canada. that motor straight out yeah. of that FZ07. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's something that sticks out, like, up by your, I believe it's your right, your right knee. Um, my right knee kept bumping on the gearbox side cover. There's something the out there. That, the alternate sticks. Yeah. It does stick out. And the funny thing is, is I visually I saw that and I said, "Ooh," because they have a cover on it. And then when I wrote it, I kind of I kind of noticed it in the beginning, touching it. And then after that, I it didn't bother me at all. But one thing I had to remind myself is, is almost all the time I was riding that bike, I was wearing a motocross style boot and a and a knee pad. So. I started using it. I was like leaning my leg into it when I, and, and I do remember when I did put it around town a couple times, I did touch my, it touches like right in the small of my knee, which wasn't a really super comfortable thing, but it, I quit doing it after, you know, I quit. I'm like, yeah. cause I'm just cruising around town. I'm not wearing protective gear. So I'm not trying to be aggressive with the bike. I'm not squeezing with my knees anymore. So it wasn't a problem. Uh, the seat did help this for me because all of a sudden I wasn't able to squat down and my knee didn't go to that spot anymore yeah. when I was sitting. Um, and even when I was standing, the, the, it, it didn't seem like it bugged me as much when I was, when I was, uh, standing up. So it, we did, like I said, I did notice it. It, I kind of noticed it in the beginning and then I didn't, it didn't bug me. I got used to it. He doesn't mention how tall he is, does he? He does not. No. no. No, but man, so, how do you get a one-hour test ride on a bike? <laughs> that's that's a good dealer. Yeah, like a dealer. I mean, well, be right back. Hey, it, <laughs> yeah, you let anybody ride that thing for like ten minutes, and they're probably going to buy one anyway. So good. Uh, yeah, good. Good to see good dealers out there that are allowing that kind of stuff to happen. I mean, if he's a tall guy and his legs are bent like that, a tall seat, and maybe like some uh, fastway adventure pegs that are lower that you can lower, right, would get it out of the way enough. My phone doesn't recognize my fingerprint anymore. <laughs> You've worn it out? No, I try to, not the phone. <laughs> your, I, try no, to, phone. I try to sand. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have, oh, so Mark wants to call in. I'm going to tell him to go for it. Yeah, call in and I'll plug you into the, I can plug him into the, to the, to the, I have a board here. We're Whoa, so professional. That. That Actually, we used to, we used to take calls on this show. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and because I had a, I had a, like kind of a producer. 
but he wanted like a lot of money. <laughs> I can't, couldn't do it. Uh, STA is talking about the gas gas trials bike. He says guys who sit down on motorcycles should stick to road bikes. Hmm. You, do you have fair, care to comment on that? Um, I, you know, <laughs> cause I, 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 I disagree. <laughs> I preach, I preach standing up riding. I mean, all the time, yeah. but the funny thing is I, I, I've ridden with some of the best sit down riders in the world. Uh, you know, Bruce Ogilvy comes to mind. Bruce was, that's why the Honda XR 600s and stuff had these handlebars that were swept back. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a different time. And then, yeah. and then my buddy, crazy Nate Shakwa, like I've never seen anybody haul ass through the desert sitting down and through the whoops. Oh, it doesn't matter. He just does not stand up. And it's like, he has this style where he his butt can slap the seat. And, and, and it's, it's just like the, the bike does half of the, oh, here's the thing. Hold on. I'm going to accept this call. Wait, what? Mark, you hung up on me. How did that work? But it's like this oscillation of where his his weight coming back down keeps the bike from flopping back up, and he's, the bike he's like dampens, part of the rebound. Yeah, dampens his body. <laughs> it it was absolutely it was absolutely amazing when uh, to to watch. Uh, okay, we got you in the headphones here. We're calling Mark. He's he's on. He should answer the phone. I hope. Hey, hey buddy. You're, you're live on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. We managed to figure this phone thing out. All right. Let me know when I'm live and ready to talk. You're, you're currently live and talking live. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That, that's hey. how you did. You'd think I'd have a producer here that would handle this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> the producer wants a lot more money than, than you. <laughs> so uh, uh, we were talking about how to sit down on a motorcycle and go through hoop de doos. Well, uh, specifically, the reason I want to call is uh, I actually want to give Kelly an inside scoop on uh, he actually doesn't maybe know this, but um, I purchased a well, I didn't purchase it. They gave it to me for a project bike about five years ago uh, when I built an XR650 for Dirt Bike Magazine. And um, I started shooting a um a Baja series with this uh, eight inch HID light that they provided. And lo and behold, about a year after that, they discontinued the light. Well, the problem uh, started happening on my end where I started getting uh, these Colt type 650 guys. Okay, okay, okay. Hold, hold on a second, Mark. Kelly is not in customer service. He's just the marketing guy. So he's his answer <laughs> oh, is is going to be just there. full. Like it's going to be okay. Go keep going. Then. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, no, I'm getting there. That's so, good. I'm, keep talking because I'm going to have a sip of beer. Go. Yeah. go. And we're talking about product so, we have built for years. <laughs> but keep going. So uh, you know, it was fine at first. After the first six months where I pointed everybody to go to trail tech. But then after the next three years, I, I kept getting guys going, Hey, where did you get that light? You know, and this was a weekly thing. And, and I go, well, I go, uh, I think I have the last one. So <laughs> lo and behold, lo and behold, I actually, I had one guy from Australia wanting to pay a thousand dollars for Whoa. my trail tech eight inch HID, uh, light. 
And um, I'll sell them one for nine hundred. <laughs> oh, now we're yeah. in a bidding war. Plus shipping. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess my question is is, and I'm I'm going to actually cut this out of the podcast and and put it on my channel, but. <laughs> Um, this, I'm is, this, is this the way everybody is this going? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, you're going to, we're going to do what now? I'm, I'm actually going to post this part and say, quit DMing me about the eight inch light and call trail tech, call Kelly. No. And, DM him on, um, on, what are you on the Twitter grams? <laughs> <laughs> No, anyway, Kelly, uh, there, there's just been uh, a serious want for that HID uh, universal light, and and Jimmy I, could show you. A I have, of I have one. I, I've, yeah, I have one too. I have one. I have a. I, I have find this customer. I have something. <laughs> I, I have something too. I have, I have some because I as I used to help Jeff a lot with with light stuff. You know, he'd mm-hmm. send me yep. uh, back when Trail Tech was a lighting company as well. Um, yeah. it, you, you want it? Oh, let me tell you, this, this is a good story. So one day I was out riding with Jeff in Idaho. We, we, we usually met up once or twice a year and we go riding someplace and we were riding on super remote cause Jeff knows remote trails. I know remote trails, like long, stupid, long days. Did you want to explain who Jeff was? Uh, Jeff was the know. owner, the, the inventor of trail tech. Yeah. He was the, he was the guy that uh, made trail tech. He made trail tech because he worked at a printer company. What what company he worked for? HP. HP. Yeah. He, he he had a lot of manufacturing experience, engineering experience, and he got pissed off because he wanted products for his motorcycle that nobody else would make. So he made them and started a small company, a very small company, mm-hmm. to make these little like handlebar risers, uh, uh, little digital gauges, mm-hmm. just things. That, Which and, started out as bicycle computers, and he made sensors, vehicle sensors for. Yeah, that's kind of where the whole thing got started. Yeah, and and <clears throat> so, anyways, and grew it into this big thing. You know, got into the GPS and all that stuff. But when they were doing the lights, and and so his his main competitor at the time was Baja Designs, and I was good friends with Alan, knew Alan, had helped Alan with some light stuff. Uh, and I remember um, we were out riding in Idaho, and we were like on a on halfway through a half day ride. So we're six hours into the ride, <laughs> which means we were going to go much over 12 and we're out in this kind of this meadow and we meet up with these other three guys and lo and behold, it actually wasn't in the meadow. It was right at the end of the meadow. Cause it was a really nice spot to stop. It's Alan Roach and a couple of his buddies. And it's just like, how, do, how does that happen? And yeah. it's kind of funny cause they both have a, have a really strong respect for each other, but you can tell there's the, there's some business yeah. animosity yeah. in there and it, it had to do it, it had to do with the lights you know and i and 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 i'm sitting there thinking like looking at my bike i'm like oh which light yeah because <laughs> i don't even what am know. i running today because i have yeah, yeah I, I, I probably had trail tech on it because i was riding with jeff, with jeff right? yeah. maybe i don't know I, I wouldn't care i wouldn't pay that much attention but but it was it was it was just a very interesting it was like the meeting of the minds because both these yeah. guys were like rocket scientists and they both understood the importance, because I could talk to each of them about like how important just like the color of the light temperature was, the pattern of the beam. Mm-hmm. And they both got it. And since they were the guys at the companies, they, they got it. And then they go, well, yeah, Jimmy, you're right. But you know how expensive that is? Or you know how you're you're a freak and you actually think about this where 99.9% of the world doesn't care about this pattern or that shape. It's more about like it's in this housing. And I still, like I said, I still have, I still have some of those lights. So Mark, let's uh, go on a little side business right here. If you're getting a thousand bucks for those suckers, uh, I'll dig through my boxes. (laughs) Well, I I won't sell any of that crap. I don't sell anything. 
the one thing uh, that is the common denominator with this this light is a lot of people like the the raw like Fonzie look of it, how it's like a circle, um, and they, and literally that's that's what people they like that light for that they don't like how it's because a lot I, I guess the plastic kind of look is for some people, but the six fifty when you put a round eight inch it just kind of has that old cafe old school look to it and it's, there's really a draw out there for it so kelly you can uh, maybe make those again one day well it sounds like an opportunity you should probably jump on that <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe you could buy some of the technology yeah that, that was the one thing that, that that trail tech did figure out was the the bracketry and the mounting you guys were actually producing that were with the baja designs you got the light and yeah. and and the it's funny because when you got the mounting and stuff, it was generally one of the guys that was working in the back that had a side business making the 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 things for it. And and I gravitated towards those. What were the what were the the lights that I have on all my bikes? What are those things called? The 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 eight inch. The, oh, the X two. The X two. Yeah. The X two headlight shell. Those were such a good headlight um, for the price and everything like yeah. that. And then it's funny because then it got knocked off in. Yeah, have you seen them on eBay? I mean, they're identical, and they're oh. called Trail Tech. Oh, they're called I'm Trail Tech. Like, yeah. Wow. It, 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 was, it was. Yeah. So uh, interesting. And that's honestly part of the reason we don't make lights anymore. Yeah, because how are you going to make it for nine dollars ninety nine cents? Yeah, right. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh, you should, I actually I should buy one and shoot head to head. If you still make made them, I would do that one because I have so much experience. Because I have HID ones of those. I have ones that the HID X twos are great. They ones. were incredible. Yeah, it's for, got the. Yeah, the, the little, beam and the flood. We had a little problems with the exciters back in the days. You know, they just you know couldn't get them get it to go. But HID was it was kind of like it had its little time period, and then LED came and just smoked yeah. everything. Well, those eight inch uh, race lights, those things are bulletproof. I mean, even the, though they generate the, a lot of heat and they're super bright lights, they're very yeah. they're very robust. Yeah, but hey, we um, don't make lights. Berm, Berm Ken and Mark. So so what else is what else, it, I I I might need to talk to you about some LA sleeve because I got a I had a little detonation. Yeah, I actually think uh, we should do a live show there. At LA Sleeve? Yeah. Can, can they fix cylinder heads? Like, uh, they can, yeah, I think so. With with detonation holes in them? <laughs> <laughs> but I, they, they've had worse than that. Hey, I showed, I, showed, I showed a picture of what I had to Chris Blaze because Chris you know, works on tons and tons of KTM motors. And I just showed him a picture. And he said, you have a very expensive problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the rough life of uh, many, many bikes. Hey, uh, okay. All right. So, hey, thanks for calling in. And, hey, somebody had to give Kelly a hard time. Kelly is in customer service at Trail Tech. No, he, can, no, no, no. He, he can answer all of your. Hey, you that know. cell number, once again? Is... Yeah, the cell. <laughs> but you guys are still making kickstands. We are. If you have an older KTM, like the RFS bike with those horrible kickstands, uh and there's a test in the new dirt bike test magazine, believe it or not. Um, those are bitching. They, they always have been. And, and there's, there's a few other companies that make kickstands, but I can say I have them on 20 rental bikes. And the only time I've had them break off is when a 220 pound dude hops up and tries kickstarting an electric start bike, which is kind of just because they saw a kickstart lever on the kickstand. (laughs) That's the only time I ever... It can happen. And the kickstand, just the bolt breaks off. Yeah. Yeah, so... But anyways, good, really good, uh, really good kickstands. Uh, If you need a replacement kickstand, 
and they make kits for motocross bikes. So if you have one of those horrible motocross bikes that you ride off road, uh, you can bolt the Trail Tech kickstand <laughs> on it. So, and I recommend them because I, I have them on my bikes and they work very well. So, we good with that? Mm-hmm. Ding. That's, a, that's a good ring. Uh, no, you don't have to ding with that. <laughs> There's no ding for Trail Tech products. A uh, couple more questions. Uh, Tomas Cancinillieri, yeah, says uh, on my tour of Idaho video, views should be way higher. Great job. Oh, I. <laughs> Which is it? <laughs> it's it's both. View should be way higher and a great and oh, really? it's a great job. Oh, it, yeah. oh, you're saying it's one or the other. Yeah, it's got to be right. You're so either looking so at the it's not really it's a great, great job because the the views aren't that. Well, low. he complained and then said, "Great job." <laughs> well, he's he, he's complaining about the regular people, not yeah. us in the know people that oh. have seen that tour of Idaho video. Oh, okay. If you if you're starting your planning your tour of Idaho next year and you're dreaming of doing a long ride off road, that's a great place to start. I would have loved to tell you about all the company stuff I used in that video. Uh, I'll talk about it later some other time. You did that solo, right? <laughs> yeah, did it solo. Yep. Um, 14 will, days? No, no, no. That was only... 10 days? I, I screwed up. I did it one day less than was recommended. I oh. actually doubled up a couple days, which was stupid. And I talk about it in the video, I think. I After I did it, I started going, this was a mistake. I should have... <laughs> Because I, I thought I was, you know, better than Martin. You know, like who's this? Who's this guy to tell me how far I can ride? <laughs> yeah, uh, mark mark that time code and send that to Martin. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, William Goski says, "What Alpine Stars gear set is that on the twenty twenty one KX four fifty F that you are riding?" Well, it's not twenty twenty one gear because. Uh, we didn't get any new stuff for that photo shoot, and uh, it's probably 2019, I'm guessing. And James C., because, you know, we're not like all the flashy moto uh, cross guys. We don't have always this. You know what a pain in the ass it is to to remember to order up new gear for every bike you're going to test? And this is what blows people away is that when you have a enough views of, of if you're an influencer or whatever the heck we're maybe supposed to be, you can call somebody and they will send you gear. Mm-hmm. They will send you brand new gear every single time. But a lot of what we do here is we wear gear over and over and over and test it for durability. And if we're getting brand new stuff all the time and then we're, well, one of your test riders is selling it to their buddies, um, <laughs> the gear that they got for free to subsidize the money that you're not paying them, you know how it works. Um, that's not right. So we actually use it for a long time, but I hope that William, that you're looking at that gear cause you like it and uh, maybe you can find it on clothes out someplace or, or something, or maybe it was just a good design. Uh, Alpine star has always been really good to us as well with the uh, gear sets and stuff. So I have some new stuff. I'm just waiting for a new bike to ride. I actually thought ahead of the curve. And Is it like the pajama pattern ones, the crazy no, leopard? I, don't I don't know I I ask them, I always ask them for a generic set because I never know what bike I'm going to ride next and when I'm going to need photos. The problem is my belly does not look good in motocross gear right now. I'm like I I'm not in moto shape at all. <laughs> James C says, "Were you bothered by the 275 pound CR450X?" And the answer was no, not until I put it on the scale and saw that number. <laughs> um, you've ridden one of those just the L the, and L. the RX I haven't ridden the X the X is eh, a few pounds lighter than the L um, and actually 
you don't feel it. Uh, you do not feel that weight when you're riding the bike, the X or the L, in all honesty. Yeah, I didn't think the L felt you overly heavy. You don't feel yeah. what it says on the scale. And yeah. and that's that's why I I'm always get kind of a little bit touchy when people like are like, oh, look at the weight. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice that they drop this much weight. But there's this fine line that we're dealing with now between getting a bike lighter weight. And our buddy Ray Conway says it's less motorcycle. There's less motorcycle there, which all of a sudden starts translating into durability. Like there's certain things that they cut weight on. And the only reason they're able to cut that weight is it's not just because it's sitting there and it's easy to throw away. It's like they're saying, hey, we can make this lighter, less durable, less strong because we don't need that strength and or we're willing to sacrifice some durability. And this is where I think there's certain companies that are willing to push the limits a little bit more. And certain companies that won't cross the line. KTM pushes limits with weight. But they do. And they've done a good job making durable bikes that are light and fast. If if you just if you just walked up to me and you didn't read my digital magazine and you just, you know, and I know you didn't read the digital magazine, you say, Jimmy, what are the three most durable bikes? And and I would say KTM, which includes all their brands, I would go KTM, Honda, and Yamaha. Yeah. And and not to say that you might not have you might have a Suzuki that'll last forever, or or a oh, Kawasaki that'll KTM brand. <laughs> oh yeah, KTM. yeah true, well, true. like if you said Jimmy, what's the one of the least reliable brands that you love the most? I would say Husaberg. <laughs> 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 but that's pre KTM era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the like I had, ones. <laughs> you know, I talk about that five seventy a lot, but I had a Husaberg six fifty. It was the old, the old, yeah. like kind of like the RFS looking with, motor with the round holes in the tank. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you did, were you around Trail Tech when we had that bike at the twenty four hour? Did you ever come to one of our Dirt Rider twenty four hour? No. Oh, we had. I had this bike. It was a long term test bike, and and that thing. Okay, so there's there's some downhills out in the desert. There's there's some downhills out in the desert. They're named downhills that are just the gnarliest, super steep downhills that we go out to and we try to ride up them, which is because there's no run and it takes a bike with a stinking lot of power. Husaberg 570 is one of the few bikes that's made some of these hills. The 650 Husaberg, this bike, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. You would upshift on this bike. We're on <laughs> start a, in third on, and on then a, shift up? <laughs> you, you'd, no, you'd start in second, you know, and, just, uh, and you'd shift to third and maybe fourth going up this hill. Yeah. It would, and it would pull. Where most 450s, you, you, you start in second, you make the shift to third and it bogs back down and you go into second and then you don't make the hill. Yeah. It, this thing was ridiculous the amount of power. But <laughs> it, I never had any really big problems with it and still, until I started having like water pump shaft seals that were up on the, they're mounted on yeah. the cam yeah. go. And it was, and, Lots of little Rocker things like that. Problems and I didn't that, have that. Yeah. I didn't have the rock. But they arm. were known. For and that. we we pulled yeah. that motor. We pulled that motor apart after whatever it was, 150, 200. We did a big story in Dirt Rider magazine about that bike because that was one of the bikes that, you know, it was it was it had durability. It was a known bike with durability issues. But like I say, with durability on any bike, and and we're going getting back to the weight thing. Um, there, there's certain brands that have just have reputations for building stuff that's just you can you can be the knucklehead because it always comes down to the rider. It's like what did the rider do, uh, the owner do, like as far as not oiling the filter properly. Someone that likes to over rev bikes. Someone likes to downshift way too early. Uh, just 
hard on hard on equipment kind of thing. And for that, that person can break any brand, but it's when you have those random sort of problems that, you, you know, you're, you're at 200 hours and all of a sudden like the Kickstarter intermediate gear breaks for no reason. That's something you just don't see on, on, in my experience on like Hondas, Yamahas and KTMs on a Suzuki, maybe. And, 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 but there's certain Suzuki's that just run forever and ever. The DR650 is one of them. DR400 too. DR, DRZ400. Well, that was one that I, I've had three or four of them. And for no reason, a, a, a main bearing on the crank would go out. And then the next one, like the shift shaft would just break. Like internally, it would break from its well. Just we, And it was never one particular thing that was the same. It wasn't repeatable. I could search on the internet or you could look and nobody else had ever had this problem, just me. But then you start looking and other guys, it was like, oh, my shift tang, you know, my, my, my things that engage in the, in the thing broke. And, you know, and I, and, but you see it on all different brands, but I think when you just start looking at collectively, you know, over not looking at just one instance here and there, but you start looking at like repeatable stuff, it's, that's just my that's just my take on it. And the same can be said for like when when you had brands like, you know, Gas Gases and Shurkos and Makos and Vor. <laughs> Vor, yeah. I've ridden those. Yeah, Vor. Vertimani. Yeah, the, the, same thing. The pre-Vor. Yeah, yeah. 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 Billet motors. Yeah, yeah. There's there's um, TMs, you know. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of different things. And some of those are just super... They last forever, but then it's like, where do I get parts for them? Yeah. But so back to the whole thing, were you bothered by the weight? No, I wasn't bothered by the weight. I know how uh, durable that bike is. Um, and it acts a lot lighter than that scale weight uh, says. So, okay, man, we have a lot of questions uh, in the room, but we're probably, I don't know if we're going to get to them. Hey, Ricky, <laughs> I've never seen that thing riding, and when it runs, it has a heavy knock to it. <laughs> what he's talking about? <laughs> he's talking about my Husaberg. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Because no, that's not a knock. That's an explosion. It makes every time that tremendous piston comes around. Right? Kaboom. Yeah. Don't you know that 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 thing has yeah. a lot of horspower? It yeah. makes a lot of thing. Um, I'm probably gonna have to go through and answer these questions. Do you, you need to get going? What time is it? I don't know. It's or, or are daytime, eight thirty. Just kicking me out. <laughs> no, no. If you if you want to stay, I I it sort of ignored this thing, and Ricky told me he's watching, <laughs> which is really dangerous. He so he he actually I, I need it. I should probably call him and hey, you gonna say what best bike? You go Honda. You know, you imagine that. That's that's what you get with a factory racer. Those guys are good. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, there. Let's see. Mason says he learned something. Thank you now for that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he was he was actually going. What about the metal pins? What about the metal pins? Mason has uh, he's uh, wants to be on it a little quicker. He wants those questions answered because we we broke the question into two parts. Uh, Chris Real says I have Parker DTs on my 350 Husky Dual Sport. Got caught in the rain and did 50 pavement miles to get home. Now, Chris, um, I'm surprised. I was I was actually reading that carefully because you know the pavement miles on the Parker DTs, uh, especially the front. I was like worried about it, but he says they were not frightening. 
That front <laughs> looks like it would be frightening because that center row and the off on, with on wet teeny. on wet pavement, especially. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you're just careful with it. And you know what, Chris? Other his in his in his one of his real jobs, he tests. He does um, like a, a lot of valuation testing on braking performance and stuff like that, and emissions compliance with vehicles. So he does a lot of that stuff. So he's probably more careful than your average person because you have to ride with a certain when you're testing something to an extreme. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably being smart because you need to be smart with those on the pavement. Um, and San Felipe Bob is having a small discussion about the uh, Parker DTs as well. And then we answered Mason's question. This is like a show recap because I'm going through all the... Uh, Kenda's getting a lot of love today. Kenda makes really good stars. Uh, Bob Bob recommends him from over there. One of these days, I'm going to turn the camera around, and we're going to have a Bob camera, and he's not even going to know about it. See those little things over there? What do you think they're doing? Watch him get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rusty Nail, and this is a, a true fan. He says, what are the best features of the Trail Tech devices compared to competitors' devices? Uh, ease of use. Uh, they're designed for the off-road enthusiast. So, like, we have vehicle sensors, wheel sensor, temp sensor, uh, voltage gauge, all that, which you don't get on a Garmin or anything. They're, they don't tie to the vehicle themselves. Uh, all of our upgrades are free, software upgrades, map upgrades, all that's free. So that would those would be the three main things I would say. You're not like Apple. You don't lock something in there and make you pay extra no, to, get it, to get it no. going? No. Uh, and we use only native file formats, so like you were saying earlier, you don't have to convert them into eighteen different things to get them to work. Right, you don't have a proprietary. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah, and and that stuff I've I I didn't even know about until I started working with you guys on some of the GPS stuff, and it's yeah. like, no, this is going to be kind of like it's called more like open source essentially yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I should have said that about the about the you know the other reason I like it is that when and here's my problem is I move these things around from bike to bike to bike so many different bikes I just usually have the power plug the one power plug and if I get really into that bike and I know it's going to be on there enough I'll actually wire the the spark plug sensor mm -hmm. so 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 it knows and then I can use the tachometer yeah. if I want to uh, on bikes that I do testing with so I use these a lot of times to do testing because I I'll plumb it into the the to the coolant line mm -hmm. and so temperature sensing and I've done it. I've used two units and plugged one inbound radiator and outbound radiator. And I've done oh, okay. one with three units, inbound radiator, outbound radiator, outbound water pump to see if the water pump was changing stuff. Because I could tell, I could actually do a trail and I could see at the trail the temperatures of each sensor. And so, so I mean, that's ridiculous. Nobody would really want that kind of stuff. But having the ability to look at your water temperature and if it's only on one bike is really really good so and uh jake mateer uh know that guy i do know that guy. buddy tracking yeah 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 anybody who rides with other people will say buddy tracking um he's a big snow bike guy too so he loves buddy tracking right away because i mean it's so easy to lose people when you're out there uh eric hermstead says i bought a voyager pro a couple years ago after reading the dbt product test and i love it i was wondering what enhancements the future updates might have i'd love to say something right now but in about two weeks there's a big announcement coming out of what we're what with some upgrades that are going to be really big for voyager pro yeah so um let's see ricky said something but he's being a smart ass <laughs> um let's see 
Uh, I think, oh, he's talking about my Husaberg. I thought he was talking about the Voyager, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was he saying? I don't know. It's too hard to say. Uh, and Chris Real says, I use Trailtech instruments on most of my test mules. The temperature and tack features are good reference points. Thanks for a great product. Exactly. Awesome. It's, it's funny. Great minds think alike. And that's why you and Chris um, have something in common, unlike me. Uh, and Justin Smith says I should have bought a Honda. <laughs> uh, they don't make a 570, do they? Let's see. Um, I'm not sure. Sh- <laughs> yeah, no, Honda doesn't. Let's see. They're talking about They're beating up on my Husaberg. Good grief. Uh, you really got to. If, if, if uh, yeah. There's this whole chat room going yeah. on. And if you if you ever get a chance on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., you can go in this chat room and you can hang out with uh, the guy who won the Dakar is in the chat room. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I consider him a good personal friend. And the only reason he's on the chat room, because he, right now he's supposed to be working on his map book that he's building because it's part of the training he has to make his own map book and then I make him ride it and I ride it too. And then I tell him it sucks because <laughs> that's every time I make a map book, that's what they tell me. Yeah. But no, he, he, he makes really, he makes really good, uh, good map books. Hey, and if you want to know what we're doing before this show is uh, actually playing, I'm going to on the screen behind me, I think this is going to work right now. Uh-oh. Yeah. So up on the screen behind me, uh, you can see how we get super um, pumped up on this show. Let's see here. Uh, There's no audio, so they're not hearing about your technique here. Do you want me to go vroom, 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 vroom? <laughs> there's, 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 no, there's no technique. Um, Doug Derby says the original KLR is the VW of the dual sport world. And that's a great way to put it. Um, I guess Cowie has more releases in January. Oh, they're not having us wait again, are they? Still not expecting a KLR replacement. replacement? How long... Uh, did we hear about the T7 before it was released? That's a good, yeah, that's a, definitely a good thing. Um, Rusty Neal, I put wide pegs on the Tenere and that problem we talked about with that spacer went away. Oh. Uh, interesting. That's the, that's the one thing I really did complain about that bike is the pegs, the stock foot pegs. I'm not a, not a fan of, um, Doug Derby. I ride with a desert guy who always sits and I get to see any, and I get to see any rider beat him. I'm reading him verbatim. <laughs> Let's see. I know three super fast sit downers, and I don't know how they do it. Neither does my back. <laughs> um, uh, Justin Smith says it's a Wyoming, Wyoming, Montana thing. As long as they have a wife beater and flip flops. <laughs> what? Yeah, this is this is see this is what you can get in the chat room. <laughs> uh, and Justin Smith says, "Man, I've been pimping the Trail Tech kickstands against your competitor." Blank, blank, blank. I went through two of those. Well, there we go. Uh, Justin Smith, he says he's already te- texting Martin Hackworth. <laughs> so, uh, let's see, Doug Derby. I had a '95 and '96 Berg 501S, plush, lots of power. But Doug, they're nothing, nothing compared. That's like saying my KTM 500 is like that Husaberg that's out there. It's not even, not even close. Yeah, we have a KTM 500 at Trail Tech, which I ride a lot. And it's a great bike. But when I get off that and get on my 570, it makes that 500 feel like a 250. Right. Okay. It's you like said it. ding the damn a, bell. Yeah. It's ding. like it's a different. It's a whole different thing. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, and George brought this up. 
if you're if you're still listening, if you really have nothing better to do on a Tuesday night, Ricky Brabeck is telling selling T-shirts. He has some super awesome T-shirts. Uh, he's he's got uh, he's got one with a little motorhome on it. It needed to have a barbecue hanging off the side because when Ricky gets a motorhome, it always has a barbecue. <laughs> but uh, he's got uh, RickyBrabeck.com. Uh, go there and check out some T-shirts. I should have pimped him along earlier, but he didn't advertise in my magazine. So that's the last you hear about it until he starts running ads. I'm trying to get him to take over. You see my t-shirt department over there? You, you should get a t-shirt for coming on the show. Actually, you need a, you need a, uh, uh, fuck you Nevada. Um, look, cause you rode with me today. I, 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 we slammed. Oh yeah. It's a video. Yeah. Is it, not, is it repeating? I don't know. looks yeah, like, probably oh, not got to the end. Yeah. It's got to the repeating. end. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's going again. There's me going by the camera. Well, yeah. it's not going up here. It's it's it just takes a long time oh, for it to oh. go for a whole lap. Oh. Uh, so, right. San Felipe Bob says he loves his Garmin two seventy six CX, and I'm going to say, what temperature is your bike running at right now? Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's your what, voltage? Is it, yeah. What, Oh, the, the, dude. How's your battery? The voltage is another yeah. thing I should have talked about. And like, I use that all the time. Oh, hey, with low our, voltage. You can use them as shift lights. Speaking of shift lights. Uh, no. On the old, on the, is, is only temperature. No, you could, you could run them at, on the old. Temp and voltage. Temp and voltage. Yeah. I thought on the old one, you could get them to, to, to react at RPMs. On the standard uh, maybe Voyager, you can on the standard Voyager. I've been using this one so long. I yeah, even, yeah. Well, I still what's that use other the, product you're talking about? <laughs> I use the Garmin two seventy six. Doesn't have lights. Doesn't have yeah. two little lights. No. Um, let's see. George says he's going to call Trail Tech tomorrow. He's going to try to talk to customer service. <laughs> um, what else do we have here? Vertimani off road. Lots of cool tech needed. Some aerospace engineers to build it. Uh, so they didn't fall out of the sky. What? <laughs> that had a forward kicking kickstart on it. Right. That will like, like ATC. I mean, really, do you stand backwards? They, 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 do you stand the, beside it like this and I had kick a, it backwards? I had an ATC 250. <laughs> oh that, yeah, it had that. It had that too. But so. it was a two stroke. It wasn't a super high compression four stroke. Yeah. But three wheeling's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah I broke my <laughs> collarbone on a three wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Robert Natista says old school dual sport. Uh, Enduro has no battery. Do the Endurance 2 units hold trip odometer if we stop and shut down? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I actually, I remember that because I have... All of them do. I have some of those on on some of my old, like that that TTR 230 sitting out there. Endurance, Striker, Vapor, they all do. And those are good, just generic little mounts. They're great, yeah. Yeah. The Vapor is actually one of our uh, highest selling gauges. Really? Yeah. Because people, when they do like a custom build, like you, you're like that bike that that um, Berm Cannon was talking about. The guy wants that light for a yeah. retro thing. You can actually get a speedometer on your bike, yeah. and have a good working unit when you need to. A lot so. of street bike guys that build custom bikes, they use them because they'll work on any bike. Yeah. San Felipe Bob says his Garmin gives gives him voltage. It says it gives me voltage and a lot of headaches when you try to download the track log into some strange-ass yeah. format that nobody can use. Through your serial cable. Hey, hey I, it's been two weeks now, and I'm trying to get some rider that was out here to send me his track log of where he went via his Garmin device. And and it's it's we're 27 emails deep into this right now, and it still hasn't happened. And plus, has Trail Tech been hacked by, like, you know, cyber hackers lately that like I'm afraid to actually 
turn on my Garmin software now because I think they're going to get into my computer too. So it, it's just bashing Garmin. Unless they advertise, then I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know what I like to do at, at trade shows and stuff? Somebody will come up and go, oh, yeah, I have a Garmin. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of it. And they just look at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. Never heard of that. Uh, so anyways, uh, there we've, we've worked our way through most of the comments on the uh, on the show. Uh if if I owe you a T-shirt, if you've ordered a T-shirt from a Dirt Bike Test uh, on our T-shirt site or whatever it is, and I haven't got to it, that's because I've been out riding flat track. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I could have spent that twenty minutes shipping T-shirts, but I didn't. Uh, it's guilty pleasures that keep me happy here. Um, I want to thank Kelly for uh, coming on. I, I appreciate it. Is there me. is there anything else you need to pimp? You know, pimp like that's that's. Uh, not really. Just pay attention to the website in the next couple of weeks because we right. have some big announcements. I'm I'm up. I'm excited too because I know there's there's something that I know that that I want. It's it's just a little it's a it's a glitchy glitchy thing that I don't like, but everybody else doesn't even notice it. Right? Perspective. The, oh, oh, the track up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, funny. You're the, the only one that goes. Oh, I love that feature. I love that feature. I'm the only one. There it yeah. is. A trail tech right there. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, Hey, uh, so um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, this, that's what happens to the show. He's like, we all get sidetracked and we just talk about cool moto stuff. And uh, that's why it's my turn to do I'm the- take uh, my toys and we Oh, I need, I need that prototype one thing that you're going to bring. You're going to oh. let me borrow test. Oh. Remember that thing we talked about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's the other page? Oh, give me that one over there. Because I can't do it off. Tech. Like, I, I make trail tech. Um, I make Logan do it off. Actually, I made Logan rewrite this- uh, Thing. But anyways, I'd like to thank KTM, uh, Recluse, and Climb. And as you know, by now, you should have it memorized. Actually, if anybody thinks they can have this memorized, here's what I'm going to let you do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my phone number, and you can call into the show, and you can try to do this read as good as I do right now. So here it is. Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road motorcycle manufacturer with North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. With that, we will see you out on the trail. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Cheers. See ya. Hey, Jimmy, why would anybody want a left-hand rear brake? Well... Logan, you think about it. If you've got a recluse clutch in your bike and you toss the clutch lever away because you don't need it anymore, it's just like your bicycle. You like a brake up on your handlebar, don't you? Yeah. So it's the same theory on the motorcycle. It just gives you another level of control. Now, it's different and you have to get used to it like anything, but it's a product that recluse makes. They're in their third generation of these things now and they're getting way better. So if you are looking for another way to control your motorcycle... Uh, turn to Recluse for the left-hand rear brake kit, and it's available for most current dirt bikes. If you want to learn more, where do you go? www.recluse.com. How do you spell that, Logan? R-E-K-L-U-S-E.